3: Them to the light years after show. The Warriors chase a win tonight. We're back to chase the wins, Andy.
1: One of the more impressive games that I think from a, just a, uh, from Steve Kerr. <laughs> it felt tonight like they were playing it, like they were playing Houston in game seven, all game long. Uh, they were pretty urgent, right? Like, I, look, they went down, but that's just because they're not that good of a basketball team. But it felt to me like they were urgent the entire game. Lots of pick and rolls. Steph Curry just chucked from beginning to end. Um, By the way, then... someone
3: someone in the chat offered some Peloton advice for you, which mm. is the best advice I can give you. Just put it five points higher than what they recommend every time. You'll be surprised. You can do it. <laughs> Fair that's enough. Like, that's like the Warriors. Just put – just. Whatever you want to do, do 5% harder. Things will work better. Just 5% more pick and roll, 5% more stuff chucking. Things get better. That was a terrible segue, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the, the segue worked
1: because I've, the, the Warriors finally it, – it, it just felt like they played to win the game. Like It's, it's super corny, but man, like it felt to me in the first time in a long time they, they played to win the game. I, I don't know how that makes me feel long term. But for one night against a team, even without Giannis' – is like, the Bucks are a regular season team. Like, they don't need Giannis to win a lot of basketball games. Like, they could still win, you know, maybe 40 games in the normal basketball season if Giannis isn't there. Like, they're good. Uh, and, and it felt like the Warriors kind of gave
3: them everything they had. I just feel to like without, win. and I feel like without Giannis, they're a run-of-the-mill
4: playoff team. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. yeah. Drew's, a, Drew's an excellent player. Chris Middleton's an excellent player. They're well-coached. They're in the East. They're probably like a six seed without Giannis, uh, maybe maybe a seven seed. But it's not like the Warriors are too much better than that. Um, what I wanted to say is the big thing I noticed in this game. They actually tried to attack mismatches. They actually had their best player go one on one versus mismatches. Um, Drew Holiday is not a mismatch. Drew Holiday is an excellent defender, but they ran a ton of action at Brook Lopez. They basically were like. You know where the weakness in this defense is? Brooke all it. Uh, sorry. Wow. Brooke Lopez. Let's have Steph just attack him. Basically, conventionally, what LeBron teams, James Harden teams have done in the past. And what was the result? It worked. They I mean, there were periods of this game where Steph was running off ball and doing, they were doing some weird motion stuff, but they were a little more concise to just just take the easiest route to the
5: victory. The easiest you're route. not, you're yeah. not
3: good enough. You're not good enough to play this cutesy motion offense stuff all game. You have a team who has one clear defensive weakness, attack it, attack it, right? Like <laughs> you don't need to be, you don't need to be like trying to show you're smarter than everyone. Just take advantage of what you can
6: get.
1: <laughs> Which ironically enough is Mike Budenhoser's weakness. Uh, and Steve attacked it all night long. So I thought that was awesome. I, I thought Steph was awesome. I was literally Sam just about to tweet that uh, Steph, to me, hasn't really limped or hasn't really, like, held his tailbone in a little and while. that,
3: at that end of the fourth quarter. Dude.
1: And then that happened. So, uh, But other than that, like, I don't think the tailbone is affecting his play at all physically. It might affect the way he falls and the way he feels. He'll probably be in pain tomorrow. But uh, fantastic. Like, the three-point shot looks like it is just automatic right now. Um and and the the stuff to the hole Sam we talked about this earlier this season is this the best that we've seen Steph finish at the rim this season because
3: tonight was a masterclass uh in finishing in I at, mean I I, the f- rim. I feel like it's been a thing all season like yeah. it's hard to pinpoint when it's been the best all season but he's just been all right people here's my Steph Curry take Steph doesn't need the system Steph doesn't need to run pick and roll. All Steph needs is to find space because he's probably the most skilled player in the NBA. Like the only players I think are on his level in terms of touch are like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, probably like just in terms of pure touch, like angles in which they can hit shots. Uh, Steph can do it from farther away than anyone, but like just in terms of like from around the rim to 30 feet out at weird angles, he has the best touch in the NBA. He might have the best touch of all time, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Like you're running into a short list of guys. But like my point is, he doesn't need to run off a screen. He doesn't need to run a pick and roll. He doesn't need to ISO. All he needs is to find space to do it. And he can do it in any variety of ways. So your goal should just be to get the guy into open space and let him do what he wants. Because today he made Drew Holiday, who's like an all-NBA defender. When he took him one-on-one, I mean, he made Drew look average. Right? Oh,
1: oh, yeah. Drew had no chance against him. You're right. Drew Holiday is fantastic defensively. And honestly, he felt like a traffic cone in front of Steph. Um, Steph would go by him whenever he wanted. He could shoot the three whenever he wanted. It was only when they pick and rolled. Uh, and, and that's kind of the downside of the pick and roll, right? If you're Steph, is that at the end of the game, they ran they ran one. And the the Bucks said, you know what? Screw it. We're not switching and we're, or we're not going over. We're just going to double um, you. And Steph has a little la- laziness to his passing. So sometimes he turns it over, right? So, that that but other than that, man, like I, I thought this was one of the better step performances of the season, like Portland, obviously, but they put him back in with eight minutes to go and he and dragged he their ass. Wow, up, yeah. he didn't
3: fall apart coming in yeah. early at the end of the game. <laughs> this is shocking. I was told if he played more than 36 minutes a game, he was going to explode, gonna turn into a pumpkin. Um, you know, all those things. Yeah. The dude is the best player in the NBA. He's up there with the best players in the NBA. He's definitely the best guard in the NBA. Easily. Best score in the NBA. Yeah, easily. Just let him go one-on-one. Let him figure it out. It's not complicated.
1: It is it is crazy. Stan Mus just tweeted out. The Warriors with stuff on the court, 13th best offense this season, which I think is still too low. But the Warriors with Steph off the court. Sam, the worst offense by any team in the last five seasons. So I want—I do want to keep it kind of positive. The Warriors won tonight, big win uh, against a Eastern Conference contending team, albeit without Giannis. And a win they needed, who oh.
3: who knows where they're oh. going to end this the season standings? But like, as bad as it's been, they need to at least get themselves in the play in, and they needed to win this one, particularly when you saw Giannis wasn't in the lineup.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve, uh, or sorry, Steph, uh, celebrated that win like a playoff game. Uh, Steph and, and Kerr hugging after the game. It it, it felt like it, it felt like uh, a bigger than just a regular season win. You talked about you talked about Steph succeeding in any system. I want to go back to that a little bit. Um, I wonder if this is the start of what the Warriors is, are going to do uh, rest of the season and maybe longer. Is that you just put the ball in Steph's hands longer? Uh, it made the game a little bit easier. Kelly Oubre hit those big threes tonight down the stretch, huge threes, and he just he didn't because he didn't have to do anything. Catch and shoot. Kent Bazemore, majority of his points, threes, catch and shoot. So, I don't know. Like that's It's, it's the James Harden way, right? And, and it's effective. Steph can definitely do it. I wonder if they'll
3: keep doing it. Because I, I think it, it'll work. I feel like that's the whole thing about Steph. It's not that he's better on ball or off ball. It's that the fact that he can play off ball means he can accommodate better players. But when you don't have better players, what are you really accommodating here? Kent Bazemore? You know? Um, <laughs> there you go. And so, (laughs) exactly. Um, I I think everything with regards to the Warriors is just about letting Steph find space, right? Like, literally, it doesn't matter how he gets his touch. As long as he has airspace, it's
6: good.
1: Uh, my uh, my girlfriend wanted to remind me to talk about Ubre, her favorite basketball player of all time. So I'm glad I brought that up. Why is there Mac Jones in the comments?
3: What's going on here? Um, Mac Jones so- and Steph Curry about to both carry barrier teams. You guys are funny. I'm I'm into it. We got to lean into the Mac Jones thing just to make it not happen. You might as well, right? You, you're you don't care. You're like I, <laughs> you're I, I, I deep down I do, but yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, any uh, any other stuff with the with the game tonight? I feel like there's a lot to uh to talk about here tonight. Um, outside of just the the pick and roll and, and the and stuff coming in, because I think this is uh they, their schedule was easy, Sam coming up. Like this I, could I, be momentum.
3: All right, so let's get to one one other thing I want to talk about before we open this to questions is James Wiseman. I was pretty happy, like on the on the scale of what I want to see from James Wiseman. We're gonna we're gonna give Big Jim a solid eight and a half tonight. <laughs> um, maybe even an eight point eight. That's a B plus. So I thought he played excellent. I thought I've I have not seen him rebound the ball like this. And mm. you know, it's not about the number of rebounds. For me, it's like making a difference with rebounds in traffic on 50-50 balls. Uh, it's the first time I've seen him use his athleticism in those situations consistently. To, to get the ball. Uh, on top of that, I thought he did a pretty good job running the floor. Uh, he kind of missed his his jumpers and a couple of mm-hmm. bunnies. And like, you know, I would like him not to do that. But like in terms of energy and activity level, I felt like this was a positive step for him. And I can I can work with this, is I guess what I'm kidding, guys the rebounding
1: in traffic was was huge uh, no drop passes <clears throat> that missed dunk was funny um because it, it that if you're talking about missed passes small hands maybe that's some of it but uh no the the rebounding was i think but I even know, like his reaction he, even
3: his reaction to the missed dunk made me happy because he wasn't upset he was he just kind of laughed it off like oh man you know like like you know how like Steph when he makes a bad turnover he kind of like laughs it off Right, I, I I just want Wiseman to not think like he's gonna get cut anytime he makes a mistake. Because like for a while, it feels like every mistake he makes, he has that reaction like he's gonna get like sent to his room and grounded for two weeks, <laughs> and and he needs to not do that, you know. The, uh,
1: I as the mental, I feel like I've been the the Wiseman therapist on every pod talking about how depressed he is. Yeah, it turns out after talking to Kevin Durant, Sam, what did he say? What what, what were the conversations like? What do they talk about? Because Wiseman came out and played awesome tonight.
3: Like, like I've been saying, the Warriors should have kept KD over Steve Kerr. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Like, here is the thing: it's funny that Wiseman mentioned that because I'd actually seen that video in a YouTube rabbit hole. Katie's a good dude. He's trying to help younger players. I I don't I don't think it's like weird that Katie's like texting him or other young players and trying to get their uh, you know, just trying to help them out a little bit. Um, but yes, we're going to give Kevin Durant all the credit here. Once again, Kevin Durant <laughs> has saved the Warriors.
1: I I think my theory is that uh, my, my theory with no source is that I think uh, Kevin Durant and, and Wiseman talked about how to fit into the system. I, I, you know, I'm sure there was some complaints. I'm sure there was part of that, but I think a lot of it was James saying, look, man, I, how do I play the style that Steve wants? Cause Steve's not going anywhere. James not going anywhere. Um, Steve, you know, maybe he'll make some changes, but he's not going to change everything. Uh, and I think James just wants to kind of figure out how, how do I play in this style? Um, and it looked like it helped tonight. And I, I don't think, but I would,
3: knows. I would also assume, I bet that uh, KD just probably calmed him down a little bit. Probably just like, you, you know how to play. Stop like overthinking everything. <laughs> and you know, like, The kind of stuff you're hoping, maybe the coaching staff would tell. But sometimes it carries better from a peer. Who knows?
1: What what did you think about uh, Jordan Poole and Wiseman pick and roll? I thought that has some promise and might be something that uh, it's going to be really cool to see for the next like five years.
6: Yeah, I mean, Jordan
3: Poole is another guy who I don't think we give enough credence to how talented he is. I don't know what he's going to end up being as a player, but like the skill level is objectively NBA level. I would be surprised if he's not at least a six man and he's probably better than that. Eventually. I mean, he has the talent to be better than that way. Put it that way. Right. Mm. So I liked it. I think, I, I think the thing that stood out to me was how happy the two of them were running it. Like <laughs> they looked like they were doing something. It didn't look like work to them. It looked like they were actually hooping and having fun. Right. The
1: flip shots were, I agree, the flip shots were amazing that Poole was throwing out there. He made a three tonight. Uh, he's been cold lately. I think he's down to 36 now, 37% from three, which is what I think he probably ends up,
3: you know, as, as a career yeah, he's shooter. Not, he's not a 40% shooter no, right now. If yeah. he was, if he was well, um, yeah. that'd be great. But, you know, based on, like, variety and everything, you know, probably more what you're saying for sure.
1: It, it's it's pool. Like I don't know how sustainable the the kind of creativity passing is going to be. But dude, like he has a lot more juice coming off the screens as someone doing that rather than I, I should say coming off the screens with the ball in his hands versus coming off the screens off ball. Right? Like it's just it's the eight oh wow. age old issue. It's like he's not Steph. Oh, so no. you, yeah.
3: yeah, I was gonna say on the previous spot I compared him to CJ McCall, which you know I think ears, I think your ears got a little perked up there. Um, I don't know that it will ever be as good as CJ, but like stylistically, I think there's a similarity. Like they're so smooth in the mid range with the in between game. They're not really point guards, but they're not off. They're, they're they're combo guards, right? Like they can do a little of everything, but like don't put them in a box because the talent is what it is, right? So I think he's um, I think he's worth exploring. He might be best as a third guard off the bench long term. Or maybe he's better than that, but anyway any way you want to slice it, he's very talented and talent wins in this league, not scheme. Yeah. So yeah. so ride ride the talent you have, even if it isn't
5: the perfect fit.
1: Um, Steve Kerr with a quote after the game, he gave an A to James Wiseman tonight. Let's make sure we all talk about this tomorrow and redo the report card tomorrow and the following day as well. So Steve Kerr filling himself tonight, you know, having a little fun. You, know, you, you win a game like this, you, you got some really bad teams that you're going to play in the next week or so. Uh, you know, you deserve to have a little fun. I think the Warriors, what, three games now below 500? They can climb back over. And, I, like, that's kind of the part where it's you want the season to be, if you're not winning a title, like you said, you want it to be at least fun. You want to see development. I feel like we saw
0: We're driven by the search for better. You need, indeed,
3: oh, enough of that to be very happy tonight. Right. Oh, that's not what—that's not what this season's about. <laughs> I was trying to use his words. <laughs> um. By the way, just just want to bring this up. I'm going to say this right before I open it to questions. We have from Stat News, and you mentioned it earlier in the show. Warriors with Steph on the court, 13th best op- offense this season. Steph off the court fifth worst off or worst offense by any team in the last five seasons. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers, sometimes three pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. getroman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, let's open this to questions. How you feel about that?
1: It's so good. We had to talk into this. Fantastic. Let's get some guys going. Hopefully, guys. Um, actually, before we do it, you guys, if you listen to the podcast or if you don't, uh, make sure to hit subscribe, uh, on Apple, Spotify, all of that. Uh, five star reviews. Drop a five star review. Do do the good stuff. So, all right, let's get some people on. There we go. Jim,
3: Jimmy, we have Jimmy on the pod. Jimmy, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How we doing, sir? We're good. What you got for us? So. I was watching the game today, and I
7: think we need a new stat that the Warriors would definitely lead the league in, and it is uh, stupid-ass turnovers. (laughs) Because there is a difference between your average turnover and some of the stupid-ass shit that I've seen from this team (laughs) tonight and throughout the season. Like, we get way too sloppy with the ball. And another one is just stupid fouls, too. I think Bazemore would lead the league by a country mile in that. Just dumb, lazy fouls. it's Yeah. But other than that, great win. Love what I saw from Wiseman. Love what I saw from Pool staff. Obviously, but I think we need to cut down on the dumbass turnovers and fouls still. But
1: it is yeah. it is it r- really reminiscent of kind of the Warriors I watched growing up. It's just really just the frustration, Saying that you see when you see the type of plays that this team makes sometimes. Kelly Oubre was <laughs> he had a he had a two play sequence where he like coasted to get a rebound. Uh, and then tried to pass it to someone, tried to tip it to someone, ended up tipping it to the Bucks. Um, and then he kind of made a lazy pass and turned it over again, just
3: kind of middle school mistakes. But we're, are it we used good. to it? I feel like we're used to it. It is what it is. It's what you're going to get from Kent Bazemore, from Kelly Oubre, from, well, really just those two. You're going to get a lot of energy and you're going to get some egregious mistakes in the process. Like, they're always going to be energy over, um, let's just say, execution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um and that's where the rotations come into it maybe you don't want all of them on the floor at all times <laughs> rishi rishi what's up my man keep it moving put that on a shirt yeah is that it? should we print shirts let's keep it we moving
1: we need to print some shirts we need to get some merch out there hey rishi
3: oh, No, no hey, rishi rishi there All right, we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> uh, by the way, Rishi, and um, just just call in if you call in again, I'll move you to the front of the line. All right, Jackson, how's it going? Hey, man?
7: what's up? What's up, guys? Where where would you rank that? Where would you rank that uh, Steph game on a uh, for this season? I think that's like the best game I've seen him play, maybe since the Portland game.
3: Definitely top five for the season. Um, I'm trying to go through it in my head. So Portland is the obvious candidate. Do we want to go with the Clippers win where he went off with Mulder and D. Lee next to him? That's another one. Uh, It feels like this one might be number two to Portland for me just because of the stakes and how if they lost tonight, the free fall would have felt really bad for a long way. I don't know, Andy, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's. The, I think it's the gravity of the game that makes it. Actually, didn't say gravity like that, but it's just just the way that this this game, what it meant for this team right now is they just needed it so badly. Um, they're losing a team right now with kind of no direction against a team without Giannis, and he got brought in two and a half minutes early just to uh, just to chase this win, and he pulled it off. And I think that that's one of those. Like he's, I think he's had some better games this season, right? Like he's played some really good games.
3: Yeah, the mentions
1: are saying yeah, 57 the, against Dallas. Dallas, right? he had the Dallas four, had 57. 40 but they lost times, that right? game.
3: So that okay. was, by the way, another game where they didn't chase the win. Yeah, but I like I, I can't say a game that they lost is one of its best games. We're not that kind of podcast here. We're not here to, <laughs> no. to
1: no no 32 36 37. We're not here, 41, we're not here to
3: uh, to award showing up on the podium with a cast. So yeah, yeah. That, you
1: lose, you don't get credit. That's what
3: you get. That hug uh, with him and Steve Kerr at
7: the end was hilarious. He, like, clutched him, like, extra tight and shook him. And it kind of made me wonder if, I don't know, I think the TL maybe kind of assumes it's, like, Steph and Kerr are, like, kind of on opposite sides of this, that, like, Steph wants the ball more. But uh, I actually wonder, like, if they're in agree- agreement with a lot of the stuff that's going on in the offense and, like, just kind of what uh, Steph thinks about all of this, you
3: know? Jackson, thank you. So I, I feel pretty strongly that Steph does not have a significant preference to scheme as much as he just because he's a versatile player. Like, I don't think he cares to pound the rock as much as I don't care that, that I don't think he cares to play off ball. I think he just wants to do what it takes to win yep. and make sure that he like he doesn't want to win where he's standing in the corner. He wants to make an imprint on the game. So. Um, I think that's a misconception, but with that said, I don't, I don't think he has like animus towards Steve. Like, I think he's, I think he likes trying to figure out ways to win.
1: Yeah. I think that's the, uh, that, that's very true. I don't think he has any qualms with the way Steve is coaching. I think he just wants to win and, and he doesn't have, he doesn't give input to say this is how we should win, um, which is a good thing and, and a bad
3: thing. I think, Oh, he's ooh, back ooh. back. Rishi, you there?
6: Hey, yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me?
3: Yeah, we can hear you. What's up, man?
6: Yeah. Okay. So I think the real hero of this game is KOC comes out with that video today and actually gets Kerr's attention, and now we're chasing wins. Um, so there's definitely that. Um, but on a serious note, uh, OZ's <laughs> talked about this before. Like Kerr's definitely not getting fired, but like who is like an actual name of like coaches that we could bring in as assistants that actually have like weight in the room and can like influence the game plan for instance that's a great
3: question um Andy you have thoughts on that one I think that's the
1: that's the best way to uh to revamp this coaching staff it's you don't replace Steve Kerr because one he's not going to get replaced and two he's still a very good NBA coach but what you need to do is you need to put people that'll tell them this is what you should be doing Kenny Atkinson I always like Sam just because he had some success with Brooklyn and and he. He's coached before. He's, I think he's an assistant coach right now for the Clip somewhere, like the Clippers, I want to say. That's where he moved to. But he did some good developmental work with guys like D'Lo, right, and Dinwiddie. So I always think
3: like if you think of maybe young players. Matt Jones, Stan in the mentions is saying uh, Jason Kidd. I love that.
1: Jason Kidd will find a way. To, if you want Steve gone, like bring Jason Kidd over. I'm sure he'll find a way to backstab Steve somehow. Uh, but uh, like, I think those are the type of names that I would be looking for. Just guys that have experience and have some clout that I could tell Steve, like, hey, maybe you should put Steph in earlier or you should run more pick and roll. Like, Those are literally the easiest things because we're not geniuses. We're literally saying, do those two things. And I think Steve knows that. It's a matter
2: of, matter of who can convince him to do that. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? what's up guys how you doing good what you got for us um have you guys ever seen major league two the baseball movie of course you know where randy quaid is like negative about everything like no matter what (laughs) (laughs) you know he's like ah they're gonna blow it in the playoffs you know like it's just i think i've been so negative lately that's kind of how i've been feeling so it's like couple of times tonight they would do something good and i'd be like yeah whatever you know like you're, you're gonna blow this soon but i'm glad they came back and wanted to say something about their character that's that's really that's really good um and then two more things um i think jordan pool could be a lot better than what he is he, he seems to like pass up shots sometimes i don't know if you guys noticed that oh yes um, um he just he'll he can get to the rim like i it's like dude like you you can get there you know, like, go ahead and do it. Um, And then we we have to shore up the the defense and the paint. Like, it just – it's so easy for teams to – and this has been a thing all, all season. It's so easy for teams to just get to the rim on us. You know, like, they can just do it anytime they feel like. I don't know if you guys noticed that either.
3: Absolutely, Mike. We appreciate that. So, on the rim thing, I feel like that's just – James Wiseman has to get better. They picked a center at number two, who they're hoping can be a game-changer on defense and kind of a versatile offensive weapon. Obviously, as in it's a 20-year-old, not 19-year-old anymore. Um, he's still a work in progress getting there, but that's the biggest thing there. Um, Andy? Yeah, I think there were a few plays
1: today, a, very, a little bit concerning to me. Um, so I'm going to start with Wiseman first, and then maybe we can talk about Poole. But he jumps at a player versus kind of jumping where he thinks the player is going to shoot. Like, he doesn't jump and contest the actual shot. It, it's He kind of just jumps and contests, like, almost air or, like, where the player could be. That speaks to me. That's just someone that's really process. – I've heard this word a million times in the last couple of weeks. Just a, pro- a slow processor of the game, right, which is what people claim Justin Fields is. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> draft just, season draft season like that's all I've heard is he a great processor Matt Jones is a great processor no Matt Jones is white and he played with a bunch of amazing wide receivers that's why he's a great processor Um, but it, doesn't it feel like James Wiseman out there kind of just doesn't know what to actually contest like, and, and I'd be curious maybe we should get a Utah guy on like what Rudy Gobert looked like in year one uh, defensively because if I, I really hope that's uh, Wiseman's ceiling defensively And uh, it it doesn't look like when he contests those
3: shots that he could get there. I mean, I do remember Gobert did not start year one. He didn't start year two either. Gobert year one played nine minutes a game. And that's that's part of it there. You know, it's like the the expectations of being the 27th pick, which I believe Gobert was, and the second pick are different. So that's That's part of it. All right, let's keep moving. Peter, what's going on?
7: What's up, guys? This is uh, also on the Jordan full point. Um, but, I mean, I-, I feel like I've noticed over the past four games or so, he gets into this trend where he'll, like, pump fake off the three-point line, come around a screen, end up at, like, the high-key elbow free-throw line and kind of, like, pick up his dribble, take a pivot, pass out. I feel like if he added, like, that mid-range pull-up game to
4: his, quote-unquote,
7: bag, like – I mean, he's like an easy mid-teens score. Like he just, that's an easy shot for him that I just feel like he doesn't have the confidence to pull. But it's like pretty low-hanging fruit for like next season, later this season. I don't know. just seems like that's like a pretty interesting thing for him to add to his
3: toolkit. Thank you, Peter. Um, I feel like this is actually, we should have touched on this not the last caller, but now that we got two back-to-back Jordan Poole comments, perfect time. Do you think Jordan Poole's overthinking it sometimes? Where he's trying to gonna say you up, should talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> pass up the good shot for the great shot. And maybe he needs to just take the the immediate good shot. Like that maybe that's what needs to go on because he's really talented, at least scoring the ball. And it feels like sometimes he's trying to he's trying to be Steph Curry instead of just being Jordan Poole. Like you're not going to be Steph Curry, man.
1: I think, is that him wanting to be Steph? Is that the coaching staff wanting him to be Steph? Also, I think part of it is like, hey, man, he's young. Like, he's 21. It's only his second year playing in the NBA. Second season. See, it's And last season, he was so overwhelmed because he had to do so much. Like, part of it is like he's kind of in the James Wiseman boat. Let the guy play more minutes. <laughs> and, and he'll probably solve a lot of it. You know what I mean? So. Uh, he probably out there just doesn't know whether it's a good shot or not right now. And probably Steve's telling him what is and what isn't. And he's kind of confused because he doesn't have free reign uh, to do what he wants. But but I think he kind of does now. I, I think you play him the rest of the season. I was curious tonight to see if he would close the end of the first half. But his defense is so poor that I don't know if you can play him next to Steph uh, in crunch time. Which is kind of why like guys like Lou Williams doesn't necessarily close, right? But... I mean, outside of that, yeah, fantastic. Six assists tonight, Sam, and, and they were real assists. They weren't of the Russell Westbrook variety.
6: <laughs> Manu, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, over the last, like, 10-ish games, I've avoided watching the games just because, like, we trick the close ones all the time. Right. Especially when I'm, like, watching. So, like, I finally tuned in today and we finally won what do you think was the biggest difference in our execution in the final moments like compared to the Atlanta-Miami-Memphis games? Because Milwaukee were still hitting shots late with like, Drew and company, do you think it was mainly the sense of the urgency um, we had compared to previous games, like with Kerr subbing Steph in early? And how do you think we can build on top of this, knowing that this is what it takes to win? Great question. Yeah.
1: Andy? This is, this is the good stuff right here. On, I don't mean to be an asshole, but you know, this is what happens when you play Steph Curry two more minutes in a basketball game. Like That's really what happened. You think you think they win this game, Sam? If if he comes in at the five fifty two mark, like he always does, or the no, five thirty mark? It. Actually, right? that's
3: a, that's a great point. Yeah, he come he plays three less minutes. It's a loss. It's that simple.
1: <laughs> it's great. It's crazy. He played thirty eight minutes tonight, as usual. I think is they want to keep him in that thirty four range, right? But it's it's a couple more minutes in some of these games. You go by field. That's what it is. But like I, like I've, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to believe that they'll keep playing this way. Part of me feels like they play this way because they know that it's going to work. Sometimes against other teams, it's not going to work. They don't have Brook Lopez, but in my opinion, you still try to play that way, right? Don't you still try to play pick and roll? Don't you still try to maximize Wiseman's strengths and make him pay? Like I think sometimes you still do those things even if they don't work. Doesn't mean that you should go back to playing what your system is because that doesn't work anyway. I agree with you.
3: I agree. All right, let's keep moving. (laughs) Said,
0: what's up, man? My man. All right. Do we win this game if Draymond doesn't foul out? Ooh. That is a good question. Hmm. (laughs) And leads me to the next question. Do we we push the agenda to... Close games without Draymond in the fourth. You can answer
3: however you wish. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting spicy on the post game. I like it. I like it, Saeed. Um, so the easy answer is uh, if Giannis plays, it doesn't matter because if Draymond's not in there, Giannis is putting 50 points on the board. But since there was no Giannis, since there was no threat to attack the rim in that way, maybe you don't need Draymond in there as much. And maybe going with the offensive closing five was a little better. I don't know. I I, I don't think that it's sustainable to close games without Draymond on this roster, but on this specific night, given who was out for Milwaukee, it might've been a a sneaky blessing. That's a sneaky blessing in disguise.
1: That's how I, that's a crazy topic to, to say that. And, and, I, I don't know if you're right or I don't know if you're wrong, but the fact that you're asking that question and, and we're not immediately calling you an idiot, I think says a lot about, about Draymond's offense. I think it does. You know, if it were up to me, I, he has to play. I mean, his defense is too damn good. Of course, but, of course. But just, geez, like that the the photo that went out of, with him standing on top <laughs> against, uh, <laughs> against Atlanta with no one around him in crunch time, like that was crazy.
0: I only thought that because every time he came up for a screen, they were blitzing Steph. And I said, man, if Draymond wasn't setting up the screen, then, you know. He's off. All right. There you go. We got Steph rolling today at the end of the
6: Yeah.
1: That's I mean, he's, right. he's he's still making amazing mid-floor mid mid uh, mid-floor decisions when he gets the ball. So, got Wiggins a lot. By the way, did you see how scared Wiggins was at the end of the game? Shoot that three. <laughs> that, thing, yeah. that thing was a brick. <laughs> oh.
6: Omar, what is up? Hey, guys, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to to Wiggins, who Andy was just uh, talking shit about right here. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's how it always goes, right?
6: (laughs) Yeah, no, like, honestly, I'm actually uh, I'm probably setting myself up for a lot of disappointment, but I'm I'm buying in on Wiggins stock. He's not going to be a superstar, of course, but um, I'm really impressed by over the course of the season, how consistent he's been, but also within games where he's struggling, how he recognizes what isn't working and kind of switch, switches tack, like the way he just attacked the rim that one time the lane opened up, the way he keeps his defense, like, super intense, you know, got the last block at the end. Um, and the numbers themselves have been quite good. Like, not a superstar by any means, but, you know, we can't afford to be picky. And controversial take, if we have to trade someone for salary matching, assuming Oubre leaves, I'd rather lose Draymond than Wiggins. Ooh, that's, that's me. Oh, man uh omar appreciate you
3: coming on so nah it, it's still uh on over wiggins for me but it's close it depends on the player let me put it this way um i don't it, it really depends on the player i don't know if i i don't know if i uh, omar, omar regular
1: listener a regular caller it's a tough one for me i i think even as bad as he is offensively, I think he had so much, he has so much high IQ passing that works off the pick and roll. Like I think the passing up at the top of the key and this, and all that stuff is BS, but, uh but him actually making those pick and roll decisions, like, damn, is there anyone better? <laughs> yeah, and then, the, you know,
3: obviously the defense Yeah. goes without saying yeah. Tanner, what's going on, man? Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can sir. hear you. What's up? I right. I want to keep things positive today, since it's a
7: hell first yeah win
3: in a long. This is a, this is a show about positivity, so we're we're on board with you. All <laughs> right. I just wanted to mention a couple things that uh, really stuck
6: out to me tonight. How good the pool Wiseman pick and roll looked. Second, Kelly Oubre coming up big in the fourth with matching threes with Drew
7: Holiday, two clutch free throws, and then Wiggins, as bad as he was shooting tonight. Defensively really impressive. Never let it get to
5: him.
1: Yeah, I agree. Appreciate it, Tanner. Sixty nine percent Kelly Ubre on free throws, which is just fucking of course. But nice. Man, but he made the two <laughs> two big yeah, two big ones. Huge free throws. Did not think and the funniest part is that he made them the exact same way. He shot it short twice. It's comedy. Shooter's touch though. All right, Jake.
3: Hey, Jake, what's up, guys? What's up, Thanks man? For-
7: Thanks for putting me on. Uh, I don't want to give Kelly Oubre any credit tonight. <laughs> oh, I, don't even, I don't even think he's taking good shots. Like when he shot those, I know they went in, but in I feel like in nine out of ten games, we'd be hammering him after the game. So my thing is, should we root for Kelly Oubre to get as big of a contract as possible and just pray we can get some sort of trade exception and maybe trade the lottery pick if we get it for another player and just let them walk. Is that what we're rooting for at
3: this point? Jake, appreciate you. Um, no, we don't want a trade exception. Because um, because they can't use it, like, for, quite frankly. So they can't use it for like a year or so. It's, it's going to be a little tricky with, with a hard cap. Like they don't get hard capped by trading them for a trade exception, but they might get hard capped on the, the way back. Um just, just root for players to play good.
1: I, I think, uh, you know, even though I think people resigned to Kelly Oubre not coming, I, I think him making those shots tonight was because those shots were just easier. He literally stood, caught the ball, and shot the ball. He didn't have to make any decisions. And I think that's, that's important, man. That, that's something that most of the Warriors should be doing. I never want to see Ken Baysmore initiate an in offense again. In my life, I never want to see it again.
3: You go a non, we're going to need a non-new uh, caller. John yeah, so, McWalters. what up, man?
7: What up, what up? Hey, you know, it, it, let's keep it positive like some people have been saying. There's been some good things out there. Defense, eh, whatever. But, hey, on these season, defensive ratings looking pretty good for the Warriors. Um, I, you know, I encourage you to say they wanted to be a defensive team. All right, well, we're a defensive team that turns the ball over a shit ton. It doesn't run enough. But um, it, things, are, things are starting to look well. I felt good about the pick-and-roll stuff with Wiseman and, and Poole today. And I wanted to bring up one last thing in I game, I think, from Sam on on the Twitter line, whereas if we had someone like Belichick running this team, would we have Draymond already off this team? Would we have Clay already off this team and have recycled through to some, like, lower-end talent and, like, been in a better place than we are now, right? Um, and it made for an interesting thought experiment that I've been, like, Rattling my head around now the last couple of days, and I don't—I don't really see a way that the Warriors could do something like that, where they would be able to sell off either asset and try to rebuild around something. And it kind of puts us in this limbo of like, what the hell do we do with Kelly Oubre? Do we turn him into something? We probably can't. If we don't, then we're kind of screwed, you know? Right? So it's like, I don't know. I, I feel good about tonight's win because they played Steph a couple extra minutes. That's freaking amazing. God knows they could have done that earlier in the season. You know, right? But um, maybe they'll do it again. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Maybe Kerr was just playing poker. I was thinking they were trying to secretly tank. That's going to ruin that now. Then we'll end up with a (laughs) mediocre pick and in the playing game and not get anything that we want, which is even worse than tanking. Just pick a fucking lane. (laughs) Anyways. Those are those are my thoughts that have been flying around. But hey, good win. Yay, we won. Giannis wasn't there. We would have been blown out if Giannis was there. So <laughs>
1: this by the way, John, this is classic uh he sounds like a fucking Boston sports fan, is what he sounds. <laughs> I, lo- I, love, I love you, John. Thank you, man. This is this is the passion that Warriors fans are getting to. Hey John. Alright, we got another John going in. Hey Jonathan.
6: Jonathan, what's up, man? What's up, Sam? What's up, Andy? Sir. <laughs> We're good. What you got for us? Yeah, tell me you're happy. You know, honestly, I do have a happy take. I'm happy that Steve Kerr actually listened to the fans. Like, (laughs) you know, he put Steph on ball. And you know, I think to what you said earlier, that's what this team kind of needs. And, you know, like just watching Harden for so many years, when you don't have a talented team, like you guys said, putting the ball in your best player's hand, I know it sounds crazy. It makes the game easier for everybody else. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wild, um, Wild takes. But but you know I, I guess like one one thing I really want to I really want to really know is just like what can the front court do next season to get better scoring because I think we could almost say this is probably one of the worst front courts in the league but they played great tonight and you see the difference so what's something you guys want to see in the front court? Jonathan appreciate it. So I'm a, to answer your question.
3: A, assuming they don't make a trade, it's it starts with James Wiseman, right? It starts with James Wiseman. Draymond's not going to be a scorer. Um, I think we can all, you know, the offseason is going to come. Someone's going to give us a report about how he's working on his jump shot. The time has come for us to no longer buy those reports and not expect next year he's going to come back a different player. But you know what? Uh, James Wiseman has a lot of talent. Super athletic, has good touch, can shoot it a little bit. Real chance he could be an offensive threat in the front court. Other than that, I'd love to see them, uh, you know, find a, a shooting big, like a stretch five to mix in. But, like, all roads come back to James Wiseman, right? It's the one and only answer. You can pick up a vet big as much as you want, but you, like, you know what
1: you're getting. Like, if they bring in Dwayne Demon signed with the Heat today, but, like, you're signing like Dwayne Demon type. You know what he can do. You know what he can't do, right? James Wiseman right now, we don't know what he can do. We don't know what he can't do. Like, we have no idea. Um, I think that that's really what they need. Uh, By the way, fascinating stat from our guy, friend of the show, Kevin O'Connor. Steph Curry ran 36 pick-and-rolls tonight, tied for a second most in a game this season per second spectrum. The Warriors scored an elite 1.03 0- points per chance on those Curry pick-and-rolls. As a team, Sam, Golden State tied a season high with 71 pick-and-rolls. So, there you go.
3: Are you saying that the pick-and-roll works? <laughs> for the warriors did this work i don't know uh, unreal unreal all right let's let's keep <laughs> let's keep it moving this team would be the sixth seed if andy lose the catch. i disagree ricky what's going on hold on what's up can you hear me yes we can hear you
6: all right great um so, four of the next five games, uh, you have the Wizards, the Rockets, the Nuggets, and uh, two road games at OKC in Cleveland. Um, so,
5: is this the do-or-die stretch of the season for the Warriors?
3: Yeah, definitely, Ricky. I'm going to put you off the air because of the background noise. I think so. I think the Warriors, But like, I mean, I'm pulling it up right now. I think they have to, I mean, they have 20 games, 20, sorry, they have 21 games left in the season. It is the do or die stretch. They, they, don't, they can't really trick off too many games going forward. They kind of have to start winning games on a consistent basis. So whether we want to define today as a do or define stretch or like two games from now, like the point stands. We're, we're in the part of the season where they need to kind of only get consistent, positive results.
1: Sam, if, if I said it was like franchise altering this next stretch here, if, if they move away from their system and maximize Steph not Steph Curry, but maximize pick and roll, do you think that's as important as it is? Like, that may be the most important part of the last 30 games of the season, right? 20 games of the season.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it turns out, you know, winning games is important. So. <laughs> Who the fuck knew? <laughs> Jared, what's up, man?
2: What a do, y'all. Uh quick question hey, for y'all. I got a quick uh I've retweeted your guys' take on uh Ubre and Wiggins just not balling at the same time. Um, and it seems like we have another classic case of that. Like, what do you guys think is the gap between man, uh them both scoring over ten points a game. Um, when one balls the other cannot. It's like a rule of law.
0: Uh thanks, y'all. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, we we all voted in the last election, and one of the ballot measures was you know, Uber and Williams can't really <laughs> at the same time. Oh my god! So we're just going to to ride with it. It's it's the no. <laughs> I didn't
1: it's, know where you were going with that one.
3: <laughs> um, it is wild, isn't it? Isn't it wild that they can't both have it? Like, I, they're definitely have both had a twenty game. 20 points in a game, in a, in a single game this season, but it doesn't feel like it, right? Like, it, it always feels like when one trends up, the other trends down.
1: Um, I think I think that's the uh, – I, I don't know if it's the system. I don't think so. I think it's just Kelly Oubre – well, I mean partly, but I also think Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins just neither are that good. Like, they're just not that consistent enough to just yeah, – Also, all I just the think time. they
3: play the same role. Like, you yeah. can't have two wings. Two- and Draymond who want to just slash when they get the ball at all times. Like, they both would play better next to Clay Thompson. No, well, I mean, go figure. Clay's a better player. But um, just having a shooter, right? Like, you not know what it comes down to, too?
1: Uh, I mean, Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, and Wiseman. As your four-round stuff, Curry is insane in terms of spacing. Insane as in there's no freaking spacing. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: it's just nuts. Jam Stein, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? What you got for us?
2: Hey, I got a couple things. Um, first, you know we've been talking about what our record would be if we had Clay or if we played better, or played different lineups. But I, I truly think, what would our record be without you
3: guys? I think we're like under twenty wins.
2: <laughs> I
3: appreciate, it. I appreciate that. Um, it is true. Without me and Andy, this is the worst team in the league. No. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Haven't even
1: even gotten paid from freaking Joe this season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They owe us a check. Speaking of which, I have brought Joey Lightyear's on stage.
4: (laughs) Hey, how's it going? All right, I got two things to say. So first, Draymond, slander-free. He eats for free in the Bay Area for the rest of his life. That being said, his contract feels like a forever Giants move. Like I don't know if you guys listened to the Zach Lowe podcast on the Warriors that came out recently, but he said that one of the reasons why they can't run as much pick and roll this season is because Draymond is just you know left on an island out there on offense, so they can just double up on Steph every time. By the way,
3: I disagree with that, but yeah, I, I disagree, but yeah, keep
1: going, keep going. <laughs> like
4: it's just it's just it's not looking good. Like I'm getting Jeff Samardzija vibes. Hey. Like, hey <laughs> <laughs> All right. And second, I got to say. I, I, I would go, I, by the way, I'd go a little more Matt Cain. You know, I was going to go Matt Cain, Sam. <laughs> I
3: was
1: literally going to go Matt Cain because, because they won. You want to pick a guy that's won with the team. But, yes. He,
3: he contributed, and, sure. and you're paying him for what he did four years ago.
4: I'm just still mad about those, all those awful Giants contracts that they signed in 2016. So Please. you got to
3: forgive me. <laughs> Please. They lost tonight.
1: Don't even remind me. Keep going. Oh,
4: man. Uh, second. Second. Uh, Pretty good, pretty good game by Duolingo Kwame Brown tonight, you know? Like, oh, what do you guys think was no. behind that?
3: Do never think- never <laughs> call him that again, please.
4: <laughs> oh my, that hurt. Uh, pretty, uh, what do you think was behind that? Was it just more pick and roll, like minutes with Pool? Uh, you know, he clearly seemed to have an athleticism advantage over Brook Lopez. What was behind that?
3: Joey Lightyears Jr., we appreciate you. I do actually think it was uh, primarily the pick and roll. It was primarily the pick and roll. Um, you get him doing stuff he's good at. You get a better attitude. Each it, 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 positivity breeds positivity, particularly for young people. You got to build up the confidence. Building up the confidence means getting him in actions that he's good at. Once he's doing those things, good things happen. A leads to B leads to C. You're not like you don't you don't tell a 16-year-old, like you don't, you don't put a multivariable calculus question in front of them and yell at them because they can't figure it out. You try to teach them how to do algebra first. Uh, I agree. I'm with you. Uh,
1: the Draymond part, go back a little bit. I disagree with that, and I, I'm going to assume maybe we have the same idea, but I think it's actually the pick and roll is actually what's going to make Draymond playable on offense. I think it's the opposite because if he's the guy that's setting the screen and getting the ball on a four-on-three situation, he's the best guy that can make a decision with that, with, with that in front of him versus a motion offense where he's standing at the top of the key and he's watching Steph Curry run around, he's like, screaming. He, yeah, like, what does that help? I think the picker actually makes him playable on offense.
3: Rohan, what's up, man? Hey, yo, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's going so, on? Uh, so I was thinking about how
7: Steve Kerr brings back Steph with what eight minutes left. They're like down nine. Like, how many more games do you think they could have won? If he just does this like every game, like in, like what was it two nights ago when we were tied, he won't bring back Steph with six minutes left. I feel like it's just like a constant pattern that you guys have touched upon before too. But how many? Win- I saw like Andy tweeted too, like the Warriors have at least like what six more wins if Steph comes back earlier in the game. I would say at, at
1: like at least three, at least three.
7: I, right, just, like I just want to know like
1: why, like
6: it's, it's,
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> So if you look throughout the history of, the la- of, the, of Steve Kerr in the last few years, you've kind of seen when he makes an adjustment. He doesn't do it until he absolutely has to. He's not a preemptive adjuster, right? He almost kind of waits until it's too late. And, the, and the, you, can, you see it in, I think, like, even in the first season that they won the championship, they went small ball, uh, right. right? It takes going down 2-1. I think in Houston, they don't actually run pure pick and roll until literally the fourth quarter of those games or when they're down 3-2 in a series. So, I think that's just Steve. Tonight, 23 and 27, season probably is out of I mean, it's already probably out of control. But if they lose tonight to a Giannis yeah. Les Bucks, right? They go five under 500. I mean, right? And so I think that's Steve right. felt the urgency there, but it's almost like, dude, you're 23 and 27, right? Like, you should have already been doing this. I think like, everyone's right in saying that, but that's just how he is. That's, that's who yeah, he it's is. Like,
7: it's like freaking like 50 games into the season. Like, you know, like, like, so there's like no set rotation. We like don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like, half
3: Mon- time. just Montessori basketball going on. Just no clue what anyone's doing. Not not gonna run that pick and roll. Just gonna let the kids decide what they do. Right, right. I don't know. I, did, did I take them in the wrong direction, Andy? I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I love it. We keep it going. We go with light tears here. I don't. Oh, this, boy, is this a mistake? Light tears. What's going on?
6: Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's up, man? Okay. Uh, I had a different question. So, like, the Warriors have two open roster spots right now because of they traded Brad Wanamaker, right? So, I was just wondering, like, who who are they going to pick up? Don't they have like till next week to to fill those roster spots?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they will. I think they want to save money. I think at this point, everything's about um. Minimizing the tax burden, they're they're going to already pay the biggest tax of anyone to be in the play-in game, which I'm sure Joey Lightyears is thrilled about. <laughs> um So I don't think they're going to use it to pick up any, any anyone. That's just that's just my opinion. It's nuts. I agree. I mean, I mean, What's like mean? they can co- they can convert JTA or Nico, but like I don't think they're going to use a roster spot to like sign a Dragon Bender. Sorry, guys. What the hell? Come on, man. Wardell, what is up, my man? Hey, guys. Uh, Just a couple things. Uh,
7: My first thing is, I think this is just Steph playing the extra two minutes today. Um, This is just politician Steve back at it, giving us the crumbs. (laughs) Um, we'll, we'll, We'll go back to the same thing again, and then we'll lose a couple games. And then we'll do the same thing again. This is what politician Steve is doing. But my, <laughs> my question is that does Steph Curry, who in my opinion is having an MVP season, he should win MVP, sign his extension at the end of this year?
1: Andy? Whew, I didn't see that question coming. Uh, he should and he will. Uh, I think the, the fun question, though. He should
3: because we will be depressed if he doesn't. Well, yes, and also it's a
1: lot of money. It's a lot more money than he could make. But I'd be curious to see if he says something before doing it. You know, last time Joe Lakeup tried to undercut him, tried to ask him to take a pay bump, and Steph basically was like, "Fuck off!" Right? (laughs) Uh, in the end of and they said, "Okay, fair enough. You kind of have all the leverage." Uh, So I'm wondering if Steph maybe this time goes and tells Steve and and Bob and and Joe and say, "Hey, get me some, get me some guys." You know, give me some help, as LeBron has said, to every single person in the history of his career. No
3: help. Are we know help Twitter again?
1: <laughs> get Steph some help, man. Get, get him some guys. So I wonder if he does that. That, w- that would be fascinating.
3: Here we go. Shift, what's up, man? Can you hear me?
6: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, first thing, up have two points. One, I think we need to draft Mac Jones because he speaks Mandarin, too. Oh. We need to... Uh, <laughs> to get big Jim and Buddy. I love it. Number number two. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, on here slandering Kemp Bazemore last you, time. You know who didn't? You know moment. who doesn't
3: know how to make adjustments at the line in Mandarin? Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, that's right. Go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't make adjustments in Mandarin. The defense will pick you off. That's how it goes.
6: So it goes. <laughs> yeah. So my actual point was, uh, yeah, I think Kemp Bazemore is kind of right low key was lettering him last
1: time. Underrated. You're saying he's underrated.
6: Yeah, underrated. Wait, I, you know, know. I, I I
1: think like he he's so combustible, right? He's kind of like he's like he has even a uh, a higher ceiling than Ubre maybe at least offensively. Well, about the same, but like a lower floor somehow than Kelly Ubre. Kelly Ubre has a low floor on a night to night basis. <laughs> and, uh, and I guess uh, well, I guess he's your vet bin guy, man. He is just some, sometimes he will look just terrible, sometimes will look amazing. But then, like when he's when he's when he's playing well, he's such a good fit for this team. I think he's one of the few yeah. guys that actually goes to the hole. I think is really the biggest biggest part of it that makes it so much fun when
3: he's on. Agreed. Appreciate you, Shaq. We're gonna keep moving. I have a special person. Uh, oh, we got we got a few other people, and then we're going to be done for the night. We got to let everyone come through. Yeah, we're our, starting our Nana, here. Nana, what's up?
8: What's up? How you guys doing?
3: Good. Damn How are you be be back?
8: You? I know. Good to be back. As you, as people have accused me in the chat. I only come during wins, and I will admit I do.
2: Opposite option zero. <laughs> opposite
3: option zero. We love that. We love that energy. <laughs> By the way, way we, get to, we get to OZ later tonight, yeah. but yes. Yeah.
8: It's, it, I'm just, I'm just very irrational during losses, you know. So I don't think you want to hear, you want to hear me during losses. But yeah. I just want to say, like, you know, we may not have won the war yet, but we've won the battle tonight. You know, when whether it's Steph's minutes, um, a few PNR, um, Coach smiling, happy team looking a little happier, looking like they're about to, they've won the championship or something tonight. You should have seen the post <laughs> And um, we may have, however, overhyped Wiggins, and he might go into a flunk because I was was a little scary tonight the way he was on offense and even defense for the most part until the last play.
3: Yeah, it was not Andrew's night. It was was not Andrew's night at all. (laughs) He's been on a roll recently. He was was due to come down to earth, so – you know what, I'm not going to get too mad at Andrew Wiggins, though, because he's had generally a pretty positive
4: season.
8: He has, he has. Can't get mad at him. But I'm still mad at those um, fadeaways in mid-range. I, I, don't, I don't know how we just can't get rid of those from him. Like, I just don't ever want to see him taking it. Either take threes or drive the ball. Like, that should just be his goal. He's going to tell him, you have two options, sir. Take the ball in or take a three. If I see a mid-range, you' get a bench. Like
3: I mean, if you can if you can get Wiggins to stop taking the mid range threes, someone's got to pay you seven figures. So
8: I think somebody um, he told him it was Kobe. I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> he won't give up. And I mean, someone Kelly, someone I'm, told him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Ubre too, but you're getting to it. Yeah,
8: <laughs> you, yeah, really too. Is it possible? I mean, can we argue that he might be the most good looking dumbass the league has ever seen? Like, it's, it's, there's no way he could be this dumb. <laughs> Like, if you anybody's ever watched this man and think he has even 1% of IQ, I don't, I don't see it. Like, it's not even possible to be that dumb. Like, you just watch him and say, how the hell are you 40% from layups? Like, that alone, she just say you want $20 million to be 40% from layups? <laughs> That's the first thing I'll bring up on his conversation in the contract. Like, how the heck does Steph Curry shoot better from the three-point line than you making layups?
1: <laughs> Kelly Oubre I mean, does remind me of uh... – if you guys have seen the movie Zoolander, now that you make that re- <laughs> now that you make that
2: reference, <laughs>
8: yeah, and B- Baze, too. I don't know, like Bayes is just a dumbass. Like I'm, I don't know if you guys were like watching the end of that game. I really thought he was gonna get called for a foul. I 100, percent and I believe he probably Blue just steal Ubre. Nice. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. He definitely fouled at the end. baseball. I'm like, yeah, should have been a foul.
3: Yeah, I, I think they, uh, I think they got some breaks down the stretch, but. Hey, we'll, we'll take them when they come. We'll take them.
8: Yeah, so do you believe this, there's no tanking going on? I, I look at thought they were secretly tanking. I'm not going to lie to you.
3: <laughs> I don't think they're tanking, which is why I was more frustrated with what was going on there. Like, I, I legitimately think um, front office would have a problem with Steph and Draymond if they were tanking, which is why their terrible play down that stretch is more infuriating because it wasn't like they were trying to do that. They made conscious decisions to play that dumb. Which is far worse than what than, than tanking. At least with tanking, you'd be like, "All right, I don't, I don't really see the end game here." But like, I, at least you're trying not to win, you know?
8: But yeah, but like, at least even if people say like, "Oh, lost games with Steph didn't play." Even Steph didn't play, you shouldn't be getting your ass whooped by teams that are actually tanking, like the Raptors by sixty points. You know, like that doesn't make sense. I mean, sense. yeah, like you have to be some type of a good because you got to be in the fight. There's so many games like either. We're sitting there, but, like, game is over by the end of the third – with the first six minutes of the third quarter. Towards the end of the – like, you just know the game is over. Even, like, today was, like, one of those games, like, if Giannis played, goddamn.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, well, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Nando, we appreciate you. Call right. again.
8: All right, take care.
3: All right, got got we gotta, we we're going to end the show here with uh, – Take us it, out. Like, it's Alita. This is our cleanup hitter. Um, you know, three true outcomes guy. It's either going to be a home run, uh, a strikeout, or a walk. Uh, OZ, what's up, man? What better
5: way to end the night than to talk about some cap stuff? Because, uh, yes, <laughs> a Kelly Oubre sign-in trade is good for us. The example that illustrates it is Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. They got a 20-whatever-million-dollar trade exception. The reason why it doesn't help them is because they're hard-capped, not from an outgoing sign-in trade but because, like idiots, they gave Tristan Thompson fucking $9 million or something like that with the, full, with the full non-taxpayer MLE, which we wouldn't be able to use anyways. So unless you think we can actually send Dre or Wiggins out or, God forbid, Clay Thompson as your salary match for even a medium star, you need a trade exception as big as possible from an Oubre signing trade, outgoing, to be able to bring in someone and unlike Boston and their fake big market owners, Joey Lacob, in theory, in theory, Joey Lacob would actually pay the money if there was a guy good enough to use that exception on. It's not free because Boston had to give up like two second rounders to actually convince the Hornets to make it a sign-and-trade because they could have just signed him anyways without helping Boston. But you can do it. So I disagree with Sam. I do think a big Oubre contract somewhere else with the cap team, will help us if it generates us a trade exception. So that's just, uh, you know, clean up the night with some cap talk. You know, it's a nightcap. But on Draymond, I think he's the one hurt most by um, Clay being hurt. Because Draymond, without anyone to screen for other than Steph, is not, you don't have to guard him. We've all seen that GIF. We've all seen the, the pictures where he's just standing there with no one guarding him. But we've seen plays where although Steph is the primary ball handler, Draymond or anyone that screens for Clay is generating gravity because you cannot guard Clay Thompson coming off a screen with one dude and the screener's man sitting in the paint because Clay's gonna kill you. So if Draymond is setting the screen for clay or any other good shooter we have, then Dre's guy cannot sag off him or else play or the shooter will be open. That's why not playing Mulder and not playing Damian Lee, who can actually take advantage of a curl set by curl off a screen set by Dre or any of our bigs, Wiggins and Ube don't generate that kind of gravity and don't demand that not only their guy, but the screener's guy come out there. So do you guys think that's enough to make Dre more usable next year as a screener whether it's on ball or off ball. And last thing is, how many emails and DMs did you guys get from Ray Ritter after that show? <laughs> you guys Anyways, it's a win. I'm here. So there's 272 people. You're all witnesses. Notebook report today. Have a good night, everyone.
3: Appreciate you, Ozzy. Um To his point, uh, yes, Clay helps Draymond. I think in general, it, the it, Draymond needs to be the worst offensive player on the, in the lineup, right? Like you need more shooting and general offensive skill around him. If it's Kelly Oubre, who's not shooting threat, Wiggins, who's not really a shooting threat, no matter what his percentage is, Bismarck, go down the line, Looney, those guys. Yeah. You put, you put, uh, scoring Draymond will find a way because he's too smart. Um, you ask Draymond to be the stretch five, you have problems. Yeah, I think uh, uh, he
1: also looks like he's losing a little confidence in his shot again. I agree with OZ, though. Um, by the way, since we're we're headed out soon here, I want to read one more tweet on a positive note. James Wiseman on his 11.10 rebound first half. Quote: That shit was fun as hell. Excuse my language. So, you know, I th- I think that's that's one of those things. I think next season is you're gonna have to play Draymond and Wiseman together, right? So if you talk about shooting, that also makes you uh, two things. Play more shooters around the guy. Make James Wiseman a better shooter. Have him shoot threes. So I think that's uh, one of the one of the next promising things that we want to see. I think those are two big ones, right? Three big ones is number one is kind of can he shoot threes? Number two, kind of the defense side. And then number three, get some rebounds. I think those are the big James Wiseman things that we're looking for here. And uh, we saw two of those tonight, I would say. <laughs> Maybe one, one and a half. Sound, but it's
4: yeah, uh, yeah.
3: good, good good overall though i think from Wiser, a good, good run well we'll end it there positive news that shit was fun as hell <laughs> i'm mark chapman
5: welcome to the planet premier league podcast